Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Asher Marketing Podcast. This podcast is hosted by Asher Agency, a full-service partner to clients nationwide. Asher's services include media planning, creative, digital, and social, website development, public relations, printing and fulfillment, and more. Anything you need to connect with your prospects and tell your story. To learn more, visit asheragency.com or contact us at hello at asheragency.com. My guest is Jenna Grannon with Do It Best. Jenna, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for doing this. You yes. have new office digs, I understand, at Electric yes. Works. Yes, we do. At Electric Works, so we just moved. It was like end of, or beginning of December. Okay. Um, we moved to Electric Works, and it has been a whole new change. Very exciting just to be part of like the community growth and seeing all that's going on. There's a lot of exciting restaurants popping up and a lot to do. So so what's your favorite place to eat so far at Electric oh. Works? Because I was there once, and... I, I'm by no means an electric works expert, but I was like, okay, so you want to come here hungry and there's a lot of good choices. So where would you recommend if someone's never been and they want to go somewhere to eat? What are your, yeah. what's your best choice or your top two or three? My go-to is usually Kitchen and Co. All right. And I'll just get, they have great sandwiches. Okay. Um, super easy to grab and then yep. just go back up if you have a meeting. Okay. But um, I love getting the burrito bowls. Yeah. I get like the... Um, I forget what one it was, like the asada bowl. Okay. It's delicious yep. and dangerous All right. how easy and quick it is to get. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For you, it's literally walk across the hall and there it is. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I had actually, I was thinking today, I like, I'm, I'm sort of naturally hyper and ADD, so I like to move around during the workday. So I was thinking it would be good to go there for lunch, bring my laptop, get something to eat. So you've just given me a couple new targets next when I go there to eat. Um, so how did the move go for you? Because you had like three or four years of stuff that you needed to move. How'd that yeah. go? It actually went surprisingly well. So um, two things that we were kind of thinking through is one, uh, do it best is great in the sense that we have people who've worked there for 20, 30 years. Mm -hmm. And so some of the questions was, you know, this is a big change for someone that's been in the same building yeah, for, for 20 sure. years. For sure. Um, and then when you have been there for 20 years, you accumulate a lot of paper. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we spent months just cleaning out our desks, yeah. getting set, um, even months before our desks were pretty clear, just to make sure we were ready to move. Um, and it went very smoothly. Well, that's good. Yeah. So everyone transitioned pretty well um, to the new building and it was a big change, but everyone was super open to it and excited. We had big walls like cubicles. Mm -hmm. And then some of the biggest concerns were all of those were going down and you could see everyone oh, wow. and hear yeah. everyone. Um, but they did a lot of work to make sure there was like noise canceling and sound um machines in the background to make sure it doesn't sound too loud. So right. that definitely helped. Well, kudos to whoever did all that. Yes, a lot of work went into it. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to get more into Do It Best in just a few minutes, but we want to start at the beginning, whatever that is for you in terms of your career path. So you grew up in Michigan. I did. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about what young Jenna was thinking about career-wise and whether you went right down that path or if you, as so many of our guests do, started down that path and took a turn. What did that look like for you? Yeah. So when I started, I grew up in Michigan and I went to school at Grand Valley um, and I went in undecided because I was, I knew a lot of people would change their majors mm -hmm. halfway. Yep. 
And I figured it would be best to go in more generic with business and kind of figure out what I like to do Mm -hmm. um, through classes. And I ended up joining a few clubs and um, pursued marketing and entrepreneurship and kind of determined that my freshman year Mm -hmm. and stuck with it. And I almost had a moment where I switched to education, but that was just a panic moment. Yeah, I think we've all had those. (laughs) So the the entrepreneurship piece, did you have any ambitions to uh, launch your own business or did that just kind of come with the major and it was a nice add-on, but not something you had ambitions toward? So I always thought it was interesting, um, like business owners, but Mm -hmm. I also love the entrepreneur where you can be in an organization and kind of evoke that change that provides the company to continue to move forward. Mm-hmm. So that's always where I really resonated with entrepreneurship. Okay. Um, and I joined the, it was called the CEO Club Collegiate Entrepreneur or Collegiate um, Entrepreneurship Organization. And really I did that and did pitch competitions because one of my biggest fears was public speaking. Yeah. And I was like, well, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it 100%. <laughs> yeah. um, and I just jumped into pitch competitions. Okay. And, and did that help? It did. It helped tremendously. So my first pitch competition, and I still remember when I interviewed at Do It Best, it was, tell me about a time you failed. And I used this <laughs> yeah. example. Yeah. I got up and it was like a 30 minute pitch or a 90 second pitch um, of your business idea. Idea, and I just went blank. Yeah. I can't remember if I even talked. <laughs> and then I did a walk of shame back and I was like, okay, next year I'm going to do this pitch yeah. competition. I ended up doing it, actually spoke. Oh, wow. Okay. And, well, that's a good um, start for yeah, public speaking. I yeah. placed during that one and I was like, okay, we got it. Yeah. I, can, I can do this. So I yeah. kind of proved it to myself. Well, and it, it just takes repetition. There's a quote that I really like from Jerry Seinfeld. He says that most people's number one fear is public speaking. Number two is death. And that means if you're at the funeral, you would rather be in the, in the casket <laughs> yes. than giving the eulogy. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. So you... Overcome that fear of public speaking. You're at Grand Valley. You are a marketing and entrepreneurship major. Yeah. Where do you go from there? Yeah. So um, once I graduated from college, I ended up, well, I was kind of applying to different places, pretty dead set on going to Chicago or staying in Grand Rapids. Mm-hmm. Um, and I decided to look into do it best at Fort Wayne because yep. my parents had recently moved here. I was like, well, they really like the area they're living. Mm-hmm. I'll just give it a shot. Um And I found the consumer marketing specialist position and I just really resonated. It seemed like the role that I would be able to get the most experience right Mm -hmm. out of college. So I ended up um, moving to Fort Wayne for Do It Best and started to build my career there. All right. So what was that position like? Can you describe what a, do I have this right, consumer marketing specialist? Yeah, exactly. What does that position do? What was your role? Yeah. So at do it best as a consumer marketing specialist. Really, you're working with members, and by members, I mean store owners, mm-hmm. on developing marketing plans. And that entails um, helping them with loyalty programs, building that up, and actually utilizing that customer data for a marketing strategy, um, helping them figure out how to put a print piece together and get that out to their customers. Email marketing um, includes paid ads, social media, and really, you're creating all of these different marketing components into a marketing strategy for that store that's unique to their community. Okay. So um, tell me if this is wrong, but there are positions that do it best that are really about marketing the co-op to prospective, to owners of stores who are either do it best members or prospective members. 
you were actually helping the stores themselves market to their customers. Yeah. So we work with members anywhere from one store to 50 stores. Some have no marketing experience. Some have a bigger marketing team than we do. Sure, sure. So a lot of times you're working with an owner who this uh, business has been in their their family for years Um, and they wear so many different hats that marketing is the last one they put on and it's usually at 1130 at night and they're just throwing on a a Facebook post that will start to get engagement. So we're really there as a free resource to members to help them remain and kind of thrive in their community. They're the backbone of their community and we want to help them get the word out and tell their story effectively. Sure. Well, I would imagine there's some parallels, at least to the agency environment where you have all these different clients, all these different projects, and you have to manage priorities and deadlines and make sure that everyone's getting the requisite amount of attention. Was that ever a challenge for you? Or is that something you handled pretty well? Yeah, I think that is a challenge because there's almost like three buckets mm-hmm. of stores that you're working with. Some that are super engaged. They want recommendations from you. They'll call you every week just yeah. to talk about what's working and what they could do better. You have a group that's somewhat involved and you're trying to get them a little bit more involved because you want to really help them tell their story in the community. Then you have a group where you're kind of convincing that marketing is worth their time and that having a digital presence is crucial in today's age. Mm -hmm. Um, So at times it was easy to give more attention to that group that, you know, is calling every week and wanting to be engaged. But you always have to prioritize your time as well and make sure you're not forgetting about that group to help them do what's right for their business. Sure. Okay. So you're in that position for a couple of years, two and a half years, if your LinkedIn profile is yes, right. Yes, that's correct. And then you get a promotion. Can I call it that? Yeah, correct. All right. So let's talk about what, why that shift occurred and what it meant for you. Yeah. So um, I stepped into a role that my manager was actually in, Justin Hanford. Mm-hmm. He had moved to merchandising and received a promotion as well. Um, And so I stepped into his role and it was really interesting because I went from peer to then manager and my team gave me so much grace. They were wonderful. It was more of an internal struggle of, um, you know, you're kind of second guessing yourself. Was it imposter syndrome? Would you call it that? Yeah. Yeah, Imposter syndrome. I always say that imposter syndrome is a sign that you're a decent human being because I've met people <laughs> who don't have it and they probably should. So, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So how many people do you currently manage then in this position? Yeah, it's a team of 16. Oh, wow. So okay. It's made up of um, consumer marketing specialists. So what yep. I was a part of mm-hmm. um, the advertising service representatives, they are kind of our print experts yep. and then our managed marketing specialists. So there's five of them as well. Okay. And how much time are you spending actually doing the work today? Is it zero? percent and that's all your team and you're just managing them or are you actually involved in the weeds on stuff that you used to do are you completely out of that or still doing some of it i'm still doing some of it where i'm having conversations with members especially at market which we have every two years where Mm -hmm. we're sitting down with members um i'm still having a lot of conversations with members but Mm -hmm. um Typically, you get pulled into the not so fun ones. Yeah. Where people aren't necessarily happy. So yeah. not necessarily to the same degree. Sure. Um, more of what I'm working on is how can we continue to grow our department? Marketing's ever changing. Mm-hmm. How can we kind of help members understand that 
what they did 10 years ago isn't going to necessarily work yeah. today. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I think most people listening to this, maybe because of one of our prior guests, um, if we have any real loyal listeners out there who have listened to Allison, listen to Randy, they probably have an understanding of, of Do It Best. And many people do just because the name is, is pretty well known. But how do you describe the organization from your perspective? If you're talking to a friend or family member who's like, I'm not really sure what that is. How would you describe Do It Best? Yeah, I know even just because I didn't grow up in Fort Wayne, mm -hmm. I did a lot of research as I was applying um, for the consumer marketing specialist position. And I think Do It Best is so unique because when I thought, okay, I'm going into hardware, yeah. I'm probably not the person that <laughs> should be going into hardware. Yeah. Um, I just thought of a very typical hardware mm -hmm. store. Yeah. And there is so much that goes into these businesses. We have a huge store in Ohio that has a house inside their store. Mm -hmm. um, we have some members that they have like a design center. They have their store pets that they highlight yeah. on their print circulars. Like there are so many different things that go into being a hardware store owner that I just never appreciated until I was in the industry. Isn't there a member at least that used to, and maybe they still do, sell like brewing supplies? Yeah, yeah. actually in Fort Wayne. Okay, yeah. Yeah, because the, the short time that I worked with the Do It Best team, I remember I was very surprised by some of the the product lines that members had. I thought it was all going to be, you know, fasteners and screwdrivers and hammers. And I was like, oh, you have like a pet department and yeah. you have a home decor department, which the latter being more common. So um, w what makes Do It Best different? Um, I've heard that, you know, really you're member owned. Um, which is very different than some of the big boxes, mm -hmm. and that you also really encourage members to have their own brand while certainly they can build their marketing plan around the Do It Best brand, they also can do their own thing if that's what they so choose. Is that still true? And how does that affect your work? Yeah, that's absolutely true. So um, it is really interesting just from a marketing standpoint. So we have members that it may be Jenna's Hardware, mm -hmm. and you don't necessarily yeah. have Do It Best in the name, but they do buy through Do It Best. They use our resources. And then you could have a full-on Do It Best branded store. Yep. Um, so you'll kind of see everything there. From a marketing standpoint, it makes it challenging but fun. So mm -hmm. you're working with members, and it's not one size fits all. It's, yep. okay, what can we do to support your community? Mm -hmm. So is it more print heavy? Is it digital yep. heavy? And then um, creating those custom pieces for their store to tell their story and the, the lines that they carry um, or to highlight if they carry beer and wine yeah, making sure. kits. So, yeah. yeah, it's been really interesting just the different ways to be able to provide turnkey options for those that do not have the time. Yeah. But also, how can we tell that story through pieces um, and help them with really social media, print, um, yeah. digital so, marketing? So does your team work exclusively with those who carry the Do It Best brand, or do you also work with the stores who might have a completely different brand? Is it is it both or more the former than the latter? Um, I would say both. Okay. Yeah. So right. we'll have a lot of stores that don't have Do It Best in the okay. name or necessarily carry Do It Best. Like they'll carry Do It Best product, yeah. but they'll have a lot of non-Do It Best SKUs as well. Okay. Um, and I would say it's a pretty good mixture of both. All right. Okay. Well, that's yeah. interesting. So without revealing too many trade secrets, what are some of the projects you're working on? Some of the things that are at the top of your to-do list, they're super exciting. Maybe they're keeping up, keeping you up at night. Maybe it's a combination of all those things, but what are the big rocks you're trying to move forward right yeah. now? Yeah. 
Uh, one thing we announced at market was our new e-commerce platform. Mm -hmm. And this is super exciting. So um, I think just about a year ago, we announced a new division in Do It Best, which yep. is e-commerce. Mm -hmm. And consumer marketing was very heavily involved with helping members with their e-commerce presence, um, how to write copy, what they should be putting on their sites. And we essentially grew this e-commerce platform to have 700 different sites. Wow. And so what we ended up announcing was we were moving towards a platform where we could have it all on one site, mm -hmm. but we'd have micro sites be able to help members tell their story still sure. and show what made them unique. So that's one thing that is super exciting that we're able to offer to members. Um, we're able to more effectively help them have a digital presence, drive sales to their store, um, and continue to drive foot traffic to their store. So that's something that we'll still be pretty heavily involved in. Okay. All right. Yeah. And, and you mentioned market. For those who don't know, can you talk about what the Do It Best market is? Because it's a pretty big deal. Yes. And I understand it's recently had some changes. Is that correct? Yeah. So um, we have two markets every year, um, fall and spring market. And traditionally, they have always been in um, Indy. This year, we had our first market in Orlando, which went incredibly well. Yep. Um, and... What those are is it's a great opportunity for members to all come together. It's essentially like a buying opportunity mm -hmm. for them to get to know other vendors, yep. um, bring product into their store. So for spring, they're they're planning for fall. For fall, sure. they're planning for spring. Um, and for us, it's like back-to-back 30-minute meetings yeah. where we're just talking to members. Sure. And it is how I describe to people. It's the most exhausting but exciting thing in the world. Yeah. Like you yeah. get to talk all the time about marketing and kind of just get that passion for the sure. member yeah. um, to help kind of inspire them to incorporate marketing into their business plan. Yeah. And plus a free trip to Florida, which and isn't yeah, too bad. Yeah. Free trip to Florida. Right. Nice. Nice. <laughs> we that, did you know, Sea World. Like, it sounds like it you earned great. it though. So, yeah. so good job. Yeah. Um, okay. So you've got the e-commerce stuff you're working on. What are some of the other big things that are in your, in your sites in the near term? Yeah. So one um, other big exciting project that we're working on now is called Managed Marketing. Okay. Um, Justin Hanford actually started this program when he was in this position. Um, and he did that like February of 2020, right before the world was ending. Uh, yeah. It's probably the craziest time <laughs> to yeah. start a yeah. new program. Um, but really, we started that because we were working with members on marketing plans. And we actually had a member give feedback saying, I understand marketing is important willing to invest in it. I just can't invest the time. And I know I'm not the expert in mm -hmm. this topic. Mm -hmm. I need someone from Do It Best just to do it for me. Oh, wow. Okay. And so we ended up launching Managed Marketing. Right. Okay. And what the Managed Marketing Specialist is doing is really they're working with 10 to 15 stores and um, building a marketing plan, creating recommendations, and then executing oh, for wow. the member. Okay. So since 2020, we've gone from one group um, to five groups. Wow. So we continue to grow that. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's great. And that's a whole different project management challenge than just managing a team that's, yeah, working with members, not actually on the business. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, it sounds like you have plenty going on for sure. Well, let's pivot to a few quick hit questions. And these don't need to be quick hit answers, but I try to ask the questions concisely. <laughs> Although, as this example shows, I don't always achieve that. The first one has to do with careers. You, in a very short period of time, have had some career success. Um, what 
do you think is the key to that? What have you learned about building a fulfilling career that you think is worth sharing with others? Yeah, so I think if I could tell anyone that's starting their career, it'd just be jump in and learn as much as you can. Um, I think it's important to be transparent with your manager and just say, hey, I'm looking for opportunities. I want to grow. Yep. Stretch me, challenge me. Yeah. Um, I'm willing to take something on to learn. Yep. And that's really just the philosophy I had. I don't expect to ever be the smartest in the room. Sure. But I know I can be um, innovative and I know that I can always think of different ways that we could be doing something, yeah. not having that mindset of we've always done it that way, yeah. but saying, okay, well, how could we make it better? Sure. Um, so that's something I would always recommend for someone to do. Okay. Um, and if it's someone that's a student coming in, kind of looking for what they want to do, use the student card and say, <laughs> hey, um, you know, I'm, I'm a student, I'm trying to get more experience yeah. and just start networking at the beginning. Well, that's great advice. And, and I want to go back to something in your career path that, that I sort of glossed over. You had a couple of internships when you were in school. How important were those to your career trajectory? And is that something you would recommend that other people who are studying in the field take advantage of? Yeah, absolutely. I would say internships and joining clubs mm. um, in mm -hmm. college are probably the best thing that you could okay. do. Um, so I one of my internships was working at it's called seamless mm -hmm. and it was great because what we were doing was um putting together these slide decks of different startups that um other companies within the area like steelcase whirlpool bissell mm -hmm. they could implement within their oh, company wow. so okay. it was a great way for me to get exposure to some of the business development managers yeah. in those industries oh, yeah. um and also just exciting to learn what some of these startups were doing yeah yeah. Um, but also clubs were an, a great way. Doing clubs was how I got into pitch competitions. Yeah. Um, just putting yourself out there and trying anything yeah. um, and not being scared to do so. All right. Okay. Second quick hit question has to do with the work that you do. It could be your organization. It could be the people you manage. It could be the actual work that you do every day. What is either a myth or misconception, something you think people get wrong that you want to clear up, or something that's underappreciated that you want to amplify and, and give a little more attention to? Mm, within my career? Yeah, either at your organization or with the work you do. You know, I've, I've talked to people who have said, you know, people don't understand this about my organization, or they said, you know, people think it's, you know, sales is this, but it's really that. Any, anything from your perspective along those lines? Yeah, I could say um, just from do it best perspective, when I talk about what I do there, a lot of people will be like, oh, you work at Conley's? Yeah, I, yeah. I'll say yeah. like I work at do it best. Yeah. Um, so I think one of the misconceptions is just how amazing the organization yeah. is. Um, we operate almost feels like a small business in the sense that everyone's so close and mm -hmm. willing to just jump in and help each other. Yeah. But we really do help, I mean, like over 34,000 stores. Yeah. Yeah. Um, be successful in what they do. So that's kind of one of, if that was a little bit of yeah, no, what you're going for. Well, that's that's exactly what I had in mind. And when you say 3,400 stores, it's around the world too. It's yeah. not just, I think I was in Jamaica once and I passed to do it best. And I was like, oh, there it is. Yeah. That comes from Fort Wayne. That's great. Or at least is influenced by Fort Wayne. So funny now that I've worked at the organization, I'll have people like if my parents are traveling or friends, they'll take a picture of a do it best <laughs> store and they're like, oh, this is, this is the organization you work for. I'm yeah. like, yes, great. Go 
buy something, please. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's good to clear up the misconception that you work on the hardware side. Because yes. as we've yeah. discussed, maybe that's not your area of expertise. Yeah. And it's not mine either. Okay. <laughs> um, last quick hit question. Is there a tool that you use in your work? It could be a hack that you've learned. It could be an end around. Something you've figured out that helps you be more productive you know, Nick and I were talking before we hit record about the impact of AI, and some people might say, oh, it's chat GPT. That's, you know, that's up to you. But what is something that you use that makes you more efficient, makes you better, a tool or trick that you've learned that is important to you? Yeah, I would say probably two things. So one is I am addicted to spreadsheets. Okay. Um, I use spreadsheets quite a bit because I just really believe that unless you measure it, it's going to be hard to determine sure. success. Um so that's something I have always used within my career, but something that the managed marketing team uses quite a bit and has seen a lot of success from is uh, called Airtable. Okay. Um, and they use that just to be able to, one, work more efficiently together. So okay. when they're creating social media posts, they'll all get together and help build those social media campaigns. And it's a tool that allows them to work together and then share it with their members or clients. Okay. So is, is it a collaboration tool? It's more of a tool where you're able to track progress. So it doesn't necessarily have to be for collaboration, uh -huh. okay. but it works great for like an agency type okay. where they could all share a social media calendar and then uh, send a link okay. to the member, say, hey, do you approve? Yeah. Um, so okay. that's made it a lot easier on their end. Sure. And we're sure. diving into how to use dashboards better. So I know okay. our e-commerce team will actually build it in a dashboard format so they could see, you know, number of Facebook posts or number of Google yeah. business listing reviews. Sure. Well, especially that quick hit sort of 20,000 foot view at what's most important yep. because it's really, while the data is great, it's really easy to get lost in that and get so far in the weeds that you're you're looking at stuff that really doesn't matter at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. So in terms of spreadsheets, is it Excel? Is it Google Sheets? Is it something else entirely that you really are are into? <laughs> we use Google Sheets. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, good. Well, I am I am a big fan of Google, uh, Google Docs and Google Sheets versus the old way of doing it. So I'm glad to hear that. Yes. All right. Um, Jenna, anything else you, you'd like to talk about with your work or the the tools and tricks that you use at work? I think we covered it all. I think we covered a lot. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. Thanks yeah, for being on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Asher Marketing Podcast. The Asher Marketing Podcast is a production of Asher Agency, a full-service agency for franchises and co-ops, colleges and universities, financial service companies, healthcare organizations, and government agencies. We'll be back next time with another great guest, and we hope you'll join us then.